Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I'm with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything else going on in your life that you would like to talk to or know what the Word of God has to say about it. You can give us a call. We would love to talk with you and engage with you, answer those questions, and pray with you. We want to say welcome to those of you listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. So many of you tune in all the way from Cheyenne, all the way down to Colorado Springs. We're so glad that you tuned in today. We also want to say hello to everyone listening on the East Coast and on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. We also want to welcome those of you on our other syndicated station, which is Truth FM in Tennessee and uh, parts of North Carolina and Kentucky, where that signal reaches. Welcome to the program, wherever you've tuned in from. Just a reminder that for those of you listening on the East Coast, the area around Tennessee, that you're hearing this show on a one-week delay. But we would love for you to call in, and then you get the unique opportunity. You get to tune in a week later. And listen to yourself live on the radio. You can tell your friends to tune in. You can listen to how strange your voice sounds when you hear it for the uh, first time on the radio. So that'll be great. Just a reminder that you're hearing it on a one-week delay. Those of you on the East Coast area around Tennessee, but those of you guys here in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, you're hearing the show live. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That text number again, 720-336-0897. I just uh, want to tell you a few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Katie. I am your host every Monday here on Calvary Live. And um, I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church in Longmont, Colorado. And we are a church that loves Jesus, and we love to study the Bible and study the Word of God, and that's what we do every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. when we gather. For those of you who are familiar with Longmont, we meet in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is a historic building in downtown Longmont. Many of you, if you're from Longmont, you may know that building or be familiar with it. We're right in Roosevelt Park. And so we are right on the north west corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak Avenue, and we are just um, kind of in the corner of Roosevelt Park. So uh, for those of you who are familiar with downtown Longmont, you know that Roosevelt Park is our city park here in Longmont, and we are right on the corner in the St. Vrain Memorial Building. So if you're in Longmont or in any of the surrounding towns, whether it's uh, Berthoud or Mead or down Frederick, Firestone, Dakono, the whole Carbon Valley area, or into Erie, Lafayette, uh, North Boulder, Niwot, that whole area, Lyons. We would love for you to come and visit us sometime. If you're looking for a place to worship, come come worship with us at Whitefields. We are um, meeting at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And our website, for those of you who would like more information, our website is whitefieldschurch.com. 
So it's whitefieldschurch.com. And you can find all of our teachings and messages are posted there for you to download and listen to and share with friends. And you can find out what's going on in our church these days, get to know us a little bit better and prepare your visit. And also, so we are also on here on Grace FM every weekday at 2.30 p.m. We have a show called Life in the Field, and you can tune in for that. And also Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. you can tune in uh, for Life in the Field as well. Hopefully you're at church somewhere Sunday morning at 10 a.m., but if you're not, for whatever reason, tune in to Grace FM, and you can hear our show Life in the Field. Um, those are our messages kind of cut for the radio, but if you'd like the full messages, go to whitefieldschurch.com. So the number to call is 303 Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. That's seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We have all open lines right now, so it's a good time to call in. And uh, here at the beginning of the show is usually a good time to call in. We tend to have a lot of calls towards the end and sometimes don't get to get to everybody who calls. But here at the beginning of the show is always the best time. If you've got a question or something that you would like prayer for or something you'd like to discuss, we'd love to hear from you. And now's a great time to call in. Um, just uh, while we're waiting for those calls to come in and those texts to roll in, just a few things to share with you. Uh, this past weekend we did something called the Expositors Collective. And this was a big event that we put on in Aurora at Calvary Chapel Aurora. They hosted the event. And this was our second event. So um, the Expositors Collective is a new idea. This is really, it really came about this year in uh, 2018. And the idea, the desire is that we want to help raise up the next generation of expository Bible preachers um, and Bible teachers. And so we have started uh, this thing called the Expositors Collective. So there's a kind of a collaborative thing that we're doing with several pastors and leaders from around the country and actually even from outside the country. Um, and so what they do is we get everybody in a room, some people with a lot of experience, some people whose names you might be familiar with, David Guzik, great expository Bible teacher and commentator, and Brian Broderson, great pastor and leader, and then a few of us younger guys as well. We get together and um, we do this training seminar. It's not really a conference in which you listen to a couple people talk uh, and you just kind of absorb the information by listening, but it's an it's an interactive conf or interactive seminar in which we get people in groups and we put that with leaders. So our, our desire is to have a kind of mentorship that is ongoing even after the seminar. So it's a, I think it's a really great idea. And this past weekend, we did one in Colorado. Our first one was back, back in March in Southern California. That was really well attended. And then we also saw some things that we want to improve on. And so we got, we got to do that this time around is tweak some things and change it and improve on some of those things. And so this time around, we were in Aurora this past weekend, and it was uh, really good. We had about 100 young people, and uh, they came out, men and women, because we know that there are women who are teaching in, uh, in women's ministries and other ministries, and we want to help them to do it as well. And so we had about 100 uh, attending, which is uh, near our gap, our, our cap. Our cap is just slightly above that, uh, because we want it to be small and intimate. And so they came out and we trained them in how to study the Bible. My my part on that was I did a part on homiletics, which is the art of preaching. And my text was a, a fun one. I, I turned to 
Second Corinthians chapter 5, where Paul talks about how we as Christians, because we have the hope of the gospel, because we have the hope that sets us free from the fear of death, that we are able to live with so much courage. But not only do we have courage, but we, it says this, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. So we know the fear of the Lord. And because we know the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. And I think that's really interesting. And then he goes on to say what we persuade them to do all the way down in verse 20 of that same chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. And we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So there's this idea that when, whenever we preach, we uh, are preaching not only, um, not only to tell people the truth, but... Um, but to tell them the truth in a compelling way, to tell them a tr- the truth in a way that uh, grabs their hearts and makes them feel that God is, is imploring them, that God is making his appeal through us. We are imploring you on behalf of Christ. So that was my section was, how do we do homiletics? How do we preach well so that we are able to, um, so that we are able to do the work of God as we speak his word? So let's go to our first call. Let's go to Matt in Loveland, Colorado. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. What's up? I had a prayer request um, for my family. We have taken in a couple foster kids in our home, and it's just can be testing on patience and energy. So I'm asking for prayer for patience and energy, and just to be able to continue to show love while we are being tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Hey, I'm uh, I'm proud of you for for doing that. I think that's a really great thing that you're taking you're taking in foster kids. My wife and I also have a, a history of uh, taking in foster kids. We had a foster child when we lived in Hungary as missionaries, and we adopted him. So now he's our son, and uh, so. Awesome. I think that's a great ministry, and I would really encourage any anyone else listening, if you are looking for a way to serve the Lord and just saying, you know, what is my ministry? Hey, pray about foster parenting, because it is a huge, huge um, need and a huge ministry. And yeah. uh, and Matt, I actually was meaning to to share with some people about some foster ministry things. So if you don't mind, I'll, I would love to pray for you. But then maybe we could also chat a little bit about foster care ministry because our church here in Longmont is really involved with that. So so first, let me pray for you, and then if you'll hang on uh, for a few minutes, maybe we could chat about it. All right, sounds good. Cool. Hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Matt. I thank you for him and his wife and this uh, step of faith they've taken to take in these foster kids. We know that that's not easy. We know that a lot of times uh, hurting people hurt people. We know that axiom, and we know that uh, that can be hard to be on the receiving end of. Uh, So, Lord, I pray for Matt, and I pray for his wife and their family and any kids in the family, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you give them a vision for ministry, that as they uh, minister to these uh, children who've come into their homes, so that they might shine your light in their lives and that they might show them love in a way that maybe they haven't experienced it before. Lord, help them to um, have patience. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with the gifts of your Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so, Lord, we pray that as they minister to them, Lord, that these kids would see your light and that they would glorify you. 
So Lord, I, I pray for these the fruits of the Spirit to be evident in Matt and his wife's life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Lord, I pray that they would really exhibit love the way that it's described for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that love is patient and it's kind and it doesn't rejoice in the evil. It doesn't rejoice in evil. So Lord, um, we pray for Matt and we just ask that you would strengthen him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Yeah, so Matt, just a few things on um, foster parenting. So our church here in Longmont, Whitefields, we have been involved in um, ministering to people both children and caretakers in the foster system for years. And even before I became the pastor of this church six years ago, they already had a ministry. And since I've come, we, we have um, really, really expanded that ministry uh, far beyond where we started. And part of the reason for that is because we really see, what we've come to realize is that uh, children who are in the foster care system, as well as their caretakers, are what I would call an at-risk people group, the very needy people group. And... Um, and right here in our in our midst, you know, sometimes I've talked to people who say, you know, they want to help out at-risk people in, in other places. I mean, they are right here living in our own neighborhoods, and I want people to see that and realize it. One of the reasons why kids end up in foster care, as you might know, is because of abuse, drugs, um, neglect, really bad things. And so a lot of kids who end up in foster care have uh, a lot of things that they've gone through prior to ending up in that situation. And so they need a lot of love and they need a lot of care. And it can make a huge difference in a kid's life for them to be brought into a home where they uh, experience those things. And it is a huge representation of the gospel. You know, I, I love one of the descriptions of the gospel in the New Testament is that God has adopted us as his children, that we who were not uh, his people, we have become his people. And he has made us his friends, but beyond that, he has actually made us his family. And so it's just a wonderful picture of the gospel uh, to to take someone into your home, to love them, to care for them, uh, for no reason uh, other than the fact that you have experienced the love of God and you want to share it with others. So yeah. that's that's my two cents. What's your been your experience with foster care, Matt? Um, we've had uh, the kids for about two months now, and I think it should, at first it started off pretty good, but then as, I mean, as they set in and get more comfortable um, with most relationships, um, you can only hold a, a straight fa a smile on your face for, for a certain amount of time before you start seeing where some of the trouble areas are, and so... Um, and they're, they're uh, really pretty good kids. I really can't complain. It's just um, they they want a lot of our energy and time, so it makes it a little harder. And we have four children of our own, so um, it's it's just very busy. So that's why energy and patience. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep praying for you, Matt. I think that's a, a great thing you're doing, and I pray that the Lord blesses you in it. Yes, thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye. Right, bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Uh, the number to call is 303 690 3000. That's 303 690 3000.
That's the number you can call if you have questions about the Bible, if you have things going on in your life, or if you like prayer for something that's going on in your life. We'd love to hear from you. Again, the number, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. So I mentioned to our previous caller, Matt, that we have a ministry here to children in foster care. And so just this morning, um, I helped uh, take... 135 backpacks that our church has collected for children in foster care up to um, Weld County Health and Human Services. And so that is our summertime outreach that we do to kids uh, to help kids who are in foster care to stay in school. Because what we've seen statistically is that kids who are in foster care have higher rates of absenteeism from school. Sometimes that's related to not having the proper supplies and feeling embarrassed to go to school and not, not feeling encouraged or excited about being in school or having the equipment they need to succeed. And so we have collaborated with uh, Weld County Health and Human Services, and they told us, hey, we've got 135 kids who need help. And if you you and your congregation could help us, that would be a huge blessing. So this morning, we uh, so we've been doing this for the whole month of July. And so yesterday was kind of our big collection day. Everybody brought their backpacks into the church. And this morning we drove them up to uh, Weld County Human Services and we dropped them off. And these people, I got to tell you, these these social workers were so excited. And they they asked us, they said, how is it that, you know, these people in your church do this every year? And they come out. We do a Christmas one as well. And we have so many people from our church come out and meet the kids and serve the kids. We serve them this big dinner. And they, I just want you to know, uh, any, any of you listening, that it was just such a great testimony for these people to see. And they were like, wow, this is incredible that these Christians in Longmont uh, just want to help serve these kids they've never met just to bless them in Jesus' name. So it's a great ministry. And hey, I want to tell you this. So many of you last week, I mentioned this, and I mentioned that we had a gap, like we needed some that we needed to make up. And so, so many of you um, here from Grace FM and the show here, you called in and you, um, you donated backpacks and you donated money to help with this outreach. And that was great. And if there are any of you who would like to know about helping more in the future, Give us an email at email uh, at sorry info at whitefieldschurch.com. So that's info at whitefieldschurch.com, and we'll help you know how you can be involved in the future if that's something that uh, is on your heart and something you'd like to help out with. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call is 303-690-3000. or text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So let's go to Daniel in North Glen, Colorado. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hi. Are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. What's up? Well, my question is, um, uh, uh, in, yeah, in the Bible, um, Jesus does ask his disciples to do certain things, and, well, um, one of those things is to forsake all and... Uh, and to follow him, <laughs> and in Matthew nineteen twenty nine, and there's there's many blessings to do that, and I feel that there might be a time coming soon that uh, many are willing to do that. Uh, so, what was the text you said there? Well, I'm curious if you if you know of any groups out there of people that are that are doing the same thing that we might uh, I don't know gather up and go out and preach the gospel <laughs> in a group. 
Yeah, so you're looking for a group that is um, looking to be wholeheartedly sold out for evangelism? Is that yeah. what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, so I think there are a lot of groups like that. Uh, I think that there are tons of great churches that are completely sold out for that. Now, if you're what you're referring to is the story of the rich young ruler, which is found in Matthew 19 from verses 6 down to 30, or sorry, 16 to 30. So Matthew 19, 16 to 30. Then maybe we could talk about that um, story. It's not a parable. It's a true story. But let's, let's just talk about it real quick. I, I do have one insight I want to share with you. And then, um, you know, I would like to talk to you more about that. So, okay, so it says that there was a rich young man. And he came to Jesus one day and he said, Teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. Right, so he came to him and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do? So Jesus says, Okay, first of all, you're asking the wrong question. First of all, you, you are asking me if there is some good deed you can do in order to merit eternal life. And Jesus tells him right from the start, You're asking the wrong question. But the man doesn't really pick up what Jesus is putting down. Right? He doesn't pick up that Jesus is kind of saying to him, Hey, Nobody is good. Why are you asking me about goodness? If you want goodness, it's not something that you can earn or deserve. But the guy doesn't get it. So what Jesus does is he kind of pushes this guy's buttons. In other words, he knows where this guy's, the point is where this guy is struggling and stumbling. And I would put it in these terms, and I'll help you understand it if, if you're not clear what I mean. He puts it in terms of self-justification. I read a really great quote today from Timothy Keller. He said, the difference between good deeds and uh, legalism is that you do good deeds for the sake of the deed itself, but legalism is done for the sake of justifying yourself. So with this rich young ruler, what he is doing is he's asking Jesus, what good deed can I do in order to justify myself? In other words, in order to make myself right with God, in order to earn God's favor and get him to forgive my sins and accept me. And Jesus is essentially says to him right there at the beginning, um, sorry, but you're asking the wrong question. In other words, you can't do enough good deeds. That's impossible. The only way to become good is a different way, which is by receiving the grace of God and receiving the sacrifice of the Messiah, which was yet to come still at that point. Anyway, Jesus knows what's going on inside this guy's heart. And so what he does is he pushes this guy's buttons to get him to the point of despair. And so I, I think this is actually a really good parable for you to listen to as well. Um, and, and I'll explain why. He says, if you want, oh, he says, fine. If you want to have eternal life, you know what to do. Keep the commandments. And that he says to him, verse 18, well, which commandments? And Jesus says, well, you know, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal. Basically, he's rattling off to him the Ten Commandments. And he, he lists a bunch of them for him right there, about six or seven, if I count correctly. And then the young man says, oh, I have done all of these. In other words, the guy's saying, oh, Jesus, I've done it all. I've done it all perfectly. I, I have done everything. Is there anything else that I need to do in order for God to accept me? Now, just one slight piece of background. As a rich young man, there was a thinking among Jewish people that wealthy people were blessed by God. And the reason they were wealthy is because God uh, was more pleased with them than he was with other people. So this guy, you've got to understand, there's a sense of pride. There's a sense of elitism. There's a sense of this man thinks that he not only is superior morally and ethically, but he thinks that he's just a 
he's better than everybody else. Not He thinks he's more zealous than other people, and he thinks that he's more righteous than other people. So Jesus, again, pushes his buttons, and here's what Jesus says. If you would be perfect, then go and sell whatever you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Okay, so what is going on here is this. Jesus is getting this person who is what we would call self-righteous. He thinks he's better than other people, more zealous, more righteous. And Jesus is bringing him to the point where this man realizes he hasn't done enough. Not only that, he's not willing to do enough. And even if he tried, he, were not, he would not be able to do enough to earn God's favor. Because God's favor, even, you know, as the word says, even our best deeds are like filthy rags before God. So, and then, then it says, verse 23, and I'm almost done talking, and then I'll, I'll kind of land the plane on this. Verse 23, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only, one, only with great difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Now let me explain that for just one second. It's the, the issue here is that this person is trusting in his money. He's trusting in something other than God's mercy and grace and love for his justification to make him right mm-hmm. with God. Okay, so, so here's the question a lot of people ask, and, and I think this is inherent to your question. The question is this. Is Jesus saying that in order to follow him, everybody must be willing to sell everything and follow him? Well, on the willingness part, I think the answer is yes. But is he actually asking everyone to sell everything they have and follow him? And I think the answer is no. And, I think, and I'll tell you why. Because... Jesus was trying to get at the heart of this man's issue. This man, again, self-righteous, condescending towards others, felt that he was better than others because of his zeal and his self-righteousness, and, uh, and thought that because of those things, he was right with God, and Jesus would not let him stay in that place. He would show him that there was actually an idol in his heart. And, uh, and so that's really the point. Jesus is revealing the idol of this man's heart. Now for you... Or for me, it might be a different idol in our hearts. Maybe it's not money or possessions. Maybe you, for example, would be uh, happy to give up all of your possessions right now and follow Jesus. But maybe there's another idol in your heart. Or maybe there's a degree of self-righteousness or self-justification. And I want you to know that Jesus wants to root that out of our hearts. So, does that answer your question? It sure does. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. And as far as people who want to do evangelism... Hey, I, I, I know that uh, you're in North Glen. I know here in Longmont we have a group in our church that does evangelism. And you know what? There are a lot of really great churches that do it, and I'd encourage you to get involved with them. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll be on the lookout. Okay. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We are coming up on our break in just two minutes, but let's go ahead and uh, take our next call, and if we don't get through it, we'll ask her to hold through the break. So let's go to Tamara in Westminster. Hi, Tamara. Hi. Hey, what's going on? Um, I, I've called to have this prayed for, but I think I need it more than ever now. Um, my job is just hard, and I'm the oldest person there, and you know, they don't want me there anymore. So I just like to pray, have asked you to pray that with my own mind, without being manipulative, something's got to give. I can't quit. I have to work. Um, yeah. 
But I just, I feel like God can do anything, and he could give me strength to deal with them all day long, picking at me, picking at me. And I try to ignore it, but then I have these really bad thoughts, and I don't want to sin like that, you know, like, oh, I wish he'd fall and crack his head open and leave this place. You know, they're really <laughs> okay. bad thoughts. All right. Um, so I'd like to pray that I stop that, and I'd like to know if you can tell me, like, a part of the Bible that will give me some hope, because I'm really just at my wit's end. You know, you try, try, yeah. try, but if somebody doesn't want you there, you okay. know, I don't Tamara, know if there's anything you can one, do. One thing. We're going to break right now. We've got 30 seconds to the break. So if you're willing to hold, I'd be willing yeah. to share some Bible verses with you on the other side of the break. Thank you. Awesome. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call is 303-690-3000. We will be back after a two-minute break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Well, good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady here with you taking your calls and texts live on the air. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And if you are in the Longmont area uh, here up in northern Colorado, Boulder County, and uh, southwest Weld County, or southern uh, Larimer County, we would love for you to come visit us at Whitefields and come worship with us. Our website is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Worship in the Word at the St. Vrain Memorial Building in downtown Longmont at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, right on the northwest corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak in downtown Longmont, just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. And we'd love for you to come uh, worship with us uh, at Whitefields if you're in the Longmont area. Again, that website with all the directions and information, you can listen to our messages online, is whitefieldschurch.com. This coming Sunday, we are going to be continuing our study of the Letter to the Romans, which is just such a rich and, and deep uh, book. This For the past two weeks, I have been out of the pulpit in the sense that I've, I've had guests. I've had two missionaries uh, visiting. One is a missionary we support in Kiev, Ukraine, named George Markey, doing an amazing work, church planting. Check this out. They have a vision to plant 30 churches in the region of Kiev. It's a 5 million person city. They have a vision to plant 30 churches in Kiev in the next five years. Would you please pray for them? Because they're going to need some prayer um, as they seek God and, and seek to mobilize people and train up leaders. Uh, huge vision, and uh, but God is really blessing them. And then yesterday, we had a guy named Mike Neglia. And Mike Neglia is the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Cork, which is in County Cork, Ireland. 
And Mike is part of the Expositors Collective with me. He's one of the, the key organizers and presenters. And Mike spoke yesterday at Whitefields on the fear of the Lord and how the fear of the Lord sets you free from all other fears. And so if that's a topic that's of interest to you, I'd encourage you to go and check out our website and download that message on there. It's whitefieldschurch.com. But this coming Sunday, we're going to be back in Romans chapter 6, uh, continuing our study verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of Romans. We're picking up in chapter 6 where it talks about being dead to sin, how baptism is a picture of death and resurrection, and what it means for us to be dead to who we were apart from Christ and to become a truly new person alive to um, righteousness. So that's what we're going to be studying about and what it means. In other words, how, how do we deal with those pesky sins in our lives, those things which it seems that we're in bondage to and we cannot overcome. So that's what we're going to be talking about this coming Sunday and studying what God's Word has to say from it in Romans 6 at Whitefields Church. Uh, check us out, whitefieldschurch.com, or if you're in the area, we'd love to have you visit us. Let's go back to our call in line. We had Tamara in Westminster, and um, let's go back to her. Hi, Tamara. Thank you for holding Hello. through the break. Yeah, no so, problem. Here's what I want to talk to you about is um, you had asked, how do I persevere through this difficult trial that I'm having at work? And I'm going to turn you to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And here, let me give you very, very briefly context, and then I'll give you what it says. Okay, the context is that for the previous chapters, Paul's been talking about how great the gospel is and how great it is that God justifies us because of what Jesus did, not because of what we do. And then he says, well, okay, so we've been justified by faith. That's great. But somebody might say, hey, look, it's cool that I'm going to heaven, but I'm still here on earth. Like, how do I deal with, uh, like you're saying, my job situation is not easy and I'm having a hard time. How do I deal with that? And he gives the answer right there. He says, we rejoice not only in the hope of the glory of God. In other words, not only do we rejoice that we're going to heaven, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Why? He says, because we know that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And so here's just what I want to encourage you with. Do not despise that suffering, but understand that it is that God's tool in your life to do his work of sanctification in you. It is God's way of making you stronger and giving you hope and helping you to keep your eyes on him. And so yeah. I want to encourage yes. you to do that. When yeah, you're having that a, is amazing. Yeah. So let me pray for you and I'm going to let you go. Heavenly okay. Father, I thank you for my sister Tamara. I thank you for her heart to do your will and to please you in her job. And Lord, would you give her the strength through your Holy Spirit that you've put in her. Lord, the Holy Spirit by whom you've poured out your love in her heart. Would you give her the strength to truly, in the midst of those difficulties, keep her eyes fixed on you. And Lord, may those difficulties produce in her character and endurance and hope for your glory, for her good, and for your mission. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God Thank bless you. you. Thank you for much. calling in. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air, the number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Anna in Colorado Springs. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. What's up? Well, I have a question, and then I have a serious prayer request. Uh, the question I have is, how do you forgive your spouse when he has done a really horrible thing to you? Mm-hmm. I mean, as the Bible says, you have to forgive. And okay. I try, 
I try not to contemplate the things that have happened. And I want to love my husband like I did when we first got married. But I am so full of maliciousness and evil intent toward him because he, he just hurt me and has hurt me, and I hate it. And I hate that he's the one that did it. So what do I do? Yeah, so I think there are two things here. One is, so when we forgive someone, we're making a conscious choice to forgive them. And as we do that, we, we choose to forgive them, and sometimes we make the choice before the feelings follow. Mm -hmm. and, and, but we do want the feelings to follow, but see, we can't force the feelings. So here's the way I would explain it, is that if you, change the, if you choose, make that choice to change the way that you think, then eventually the way that you feel will follow, but first you have to make that choice to change the way you think. And it sounds like you want to do that. You want to uh, forgive because you understand that it's the right thing to do. What I want to help you do is, is not only um, do it because it's the right thing to do, I want you to also do it for a different motivation. I want you to do mm -hmm. it from a, a heart motivation, uh, a motivation that comes from understanding what God has done for you in Christ. Okay, so... Um, I want you to understand a few things. I See, I don't know the details of what your husband did. And, and before I, I get into the rest, let me just say this too. There is a difference between um, forgiving someone and, you know, getting back to the place that you were with them. See, you may never get back to the place that you were. But see, that is also part of relationships, isn't it? Like that we yeah. experience pain as we go through a relationship. And that relationship is not going to ever be the same. Basically, from the day that you marry a person or the day that you begin a relationship with someone, uh, you you know will not be married to the same person. You will not have the same relationship 10 years down the line that you do at the beginning. Why? Because that person changes. Things happen in their life that change them, and you are constantly changing. So there's this Why? saying that I give when I... When I uh, talk to young couples who are preparing for marriage and that is that uh, you know it's a famous quote a man said uh, I've been you know my wife has been married to seven different men over the last 20 years and they've all been me but they've all been <laughs> different right because major things in your life change you whether it's yeah. um, you know the loss of a spouse whether it's a you know a sin that you commit that hurts your spouse uh, whether it's the, I meant to say loss of parents, for example, or the birth of children, all of these things so fundamentally uh, change us. And that's why it's so important that when we enter into a marriage, we say, you know, essentially, whatever you become, I'm choosing you for you, uh, whatever happens, for richer or for poorer, for better or for worse, I am vowing, I'm making a covenant between God and between you and myself uh, that I will be faithful to you and I will love you, not uh, with any caveats, not with any if you do this, but I am promising that I will do this. It's a very, very powerful thing. And um, it's often something that is not taken seriously enough, right? So Hebrews tells us that let marriage be held in high regard among all people and let it be kept holy. And so, um, so I, anyway, I just say that to say this. You have a very noble desire. And Thank you. Here's here's what I uh, would encourage you with. I want you to look to Jesus. I want you to fix your eyes on the cross. And what I want you to see is I want you to see how he has died to forgive your sins. And it's only when you really understand the gospel, 
all the the extreme price that Jesus paid because he loves you in order to forgive your sins that is what will set you free uh, to forgive other people when they sin against you not just knowing that it's the right thing to do but feeling that sense of I want to forgive others because of what Christ has done for me and uh, and so that's my prayer for you is that uh, you would feel that not just know that it's the right thing to do but that you would desire it because you so understand w the depth of your sin and the greatness of his grace i think that's what enables us to forgive other people another really freeing thing that enables us to forgive people is to understand that their sin was not only against you it was if it, if it was a sin against you then it absolutely was a sin against you and god but it was also a sin against god and that he has paid the price for that. In other words, someone has to pay. And we, we all have this sense that when someone does something wrong, we want somebody to pay for it. Yeah. And what I want to encourage you with is that Jesus has paid for it. He paid for it in full force. He paid for the, the sin, the offense that was committed against you. He paid for it. And, and furthermore, um, he's going to give you the strength to do what he calls you to do. By his Holy Spirit. Cool. Okay. Well, and so, let me. Yeah. Do you, Do you have a follow up question, or should I pray for you? Um. Really, the only question that besides forgiveness is, if that behavior continues, or if um, if behavior that is totally not love continues in a relationship, mm -hmm. are you bound? Because the Bible says that then your husband has uh, complete authority over your body, and uh, uh, that he can do whatever he wants to it, any time he wants, and you have no say, no right to say anything about it, or you're going to hell. Now, okay, so I'll just stop you there. I don't think that that is what the Bible says, uh, and I, and I would also say that you know, I would not advocate for anyone using the Bible as a uh, excuse for exploitation or abuse of another human being. And furthermore, I don't think that you have no say in this uh, at all. I don't think that, uh, that that's, an, that's an appropriate understanding of what the scriptures are saying. What the scripture is saying in that context, by the way, is it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And what it's talking about is how spouses should not withhold themselves um, as a means of manipulation towards their spouse. In other words, like, well, you know, if you don't give me the thing that I want, you know, husband or wife, well, then I'm not going to let you, you know, be intimate with me. That's what it's talking about. It's a, a manipulative form of withholding physical intimacy um, that was being forbidden. But it is not a prescription for saying, hey, husbands, you can just do whatever you want to your wife, and she has no say in it, and she can't uh, stand up for herself ever. So I really, I really think that that's an important point to drive home. Furthermore, um, I, I don't think that the Bible can be used ever as a justification or for any abusive behavior, whether sexual or emotional or otherwise, mm -hmm. because that is not loving behavior. And, yeah, I don't uh, think so either. Yeah. So, you know what? I, I, again, I don't know the details of your situation with your husband. I would suggest that you guys look into counseling with your church 
Are you guys part yes. of a good church? Well, we don't have a we don't have a church here, but we've listened to Christian counselors up here, and there's one. Okay. And they have a waiting list. <laughs> well, you're in Colorado so. Springs, and I know um, two really good churches down there. Um, and I would encourage you to reach out to their pastoral staff and see if they have any any pastoral counseling that maybe you guys could get into, where you could actually, in confidence, not here on the radio, obviously, but right. in confidence, share the details of what's going on. Is your husband on board with that? Oh yeah. Oh, well, that's well, that's really he's encouraging. He's told me he's he's trying to get us Christian counseling. So okay, well. Um, well, I'm telling you, before you do that, why don't you reach out to one of these churches, ask about pastoral counseling, and uh, and I'm going to give you the names of these churches, and and then I'm going to pray for you and let you go. So these churches, there are right. two of them. One is called Rocky Mountain Calvary. The pastor there is a is a good man. He was part of our Expositors Collective seminar this past weekend in Aurora. His name is Eric Cartier, but just call the church, Rocky Mountain Calvary. Ask yeah, about uh, pastoral counseling. And... And then the other one is called Calvary Worship Center. Both of these are in uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, I know both of them personally. They're great churches, and I wholeheartedly recommend them, and I think that uh, they would be a great resource for you and for anybody else listening who might uh, be in the Springs area and looking for that kind of help. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for you and then let you go. Heavenly Father, I pray for Anna, and I pray for her husband. Um, Lord, it sounds like there's some hurt that has gone on, and Lord, I thank you for their desire to seek restoration, to seek your will. Lord, I thank you for your word, that it is good. And, um, and Lord, that you, that you want to give us wisdom so that we can walk in your ways, which is always the best way for us. So, Lord, I, I bless Anna and her husband in Jesus' name, and I ask, Lord, that they would get the help that they need and the counsel that they need uh, from good shepherds. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Thank Pastor. you, Anna, for you coming. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. And we went from having full lines to having all clear lines. So all open lines is a perfect time to call in. We're going to go over to our text line in the meantime. But for those of you who have been looking for a chance to call in, now your chance. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Again, the text line is 720-336-0897. And the call in line, 303-690-3000. Let's go back over to the text line. And let's go through some of these texts. How do you serve when you have a disability? Well, I guess that would depend on what the disability is. And I'm sure that there are some disabilities which would limit what things you are able to do, right? So if it's a physical disability, uh, you might not be able to be involved in a sports ministry in the same way as someone who is fully able. Um, you know, or if it's a, a cognitive disability, there might be some better places for you to serve than others. And so my recommendation is um, you can absolutely serve. I, I'll tell you this. I know in our church, man, we have a list of things that we are praying for. We have a literal list. It's in the hallway right outside my door here, right in our, our office here in Longmont. And it is a list that we pray over. And we're asking God to bring us people to serve in various areas where we see needs in our in our church here. And so I'm guessing that almost any church leader uh, would be able to plug you in and help you to find a place where you can serve 
according to your abilities and your, your God-given abilities and your spiritual gifts, where you would be able to serve the Lord and bless others in your church community. And Now that's just in the church, but let's start there. And so I would encourage you, how do you serve with your disability? Well, again, that depends on your dis disability and it, it depends on your church and your church community. So I'm going to tell you, speak with your pastor or speak with ministry leader or whoever it is at your church who is your point of contact with where to serve in the church. Go and ask them. I bet they would give you a, a list of places where you could serve and it would just be a blessing to you and to the body. But I'll tell you this, not only are we called to serve within the church, Jesus called us to be on his mission and, and you can do that. Apparently you have access to a phone, the internet. Man, there is a world out there we have access to in this digital age where you can begin to put out the good news about Jesus, whether it's through blogs or through um, social media. There is so much opportunity beyond that. If you have relationships with people, personal relationships, be serving them, be serving them in the name of Jesus. You know, I just mentioned a little bit earlier how we do this project up in uh, Weld County with uh, health and human services and children in foster care. There, there are ways that you can be involved in those kind of projects, but there are also ways that you can do evangelism uh, towards people you know. You know, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So if you know anybody who meets that qualification, they're a creature who lives in the world, then you can preach the gospel to them. You can go into the world. It doesn't just mean leave the country or go to a different place. It means go into all the world. So uh, I hope that uh, answers your question. Thank you for that and uh, hope that you seek and find God's will in those things. You're listening to Calvary Live, the number to call 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. As usually happens, we're having a lot of calls come in now. So let's go ahead and take some of these. Kathy uh, has a question on line one. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Yes. Um, Actually, it's more of a um, prayer request, and okay. I am, um, my my husband and I, we have two children through adoption, okay. and um, we raised a son with disabilities, our younger son and our daughter. I think that there was a lot of um, issues with my daughter growing up. I mean, we all, as far as living with a, a brother with disabilities, and you know, he was quite disruptive, and, and it, 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 was, it was a hard journey, you know. And, and, and I think there, it, it, it has affected her self-esteem, and, and, and it's, it's way more than that. But the bottom line is, is that um, I, our relationship has been turbulent since she was 16 and she's almost 30. And, and I have gotten the brunt of that her, um, you know, I'm the adoptive mother, and and we actually had an open adoption mm -hmm. with both my daughter's birth family, her birth parents, and we're very close with them, and we care very much for them. We're all very strong Christians, and um, and I uh, I got my feelings hurt um, over something, and. It's gotten to the point where we're on an equal basis with our daughter, where in the sense that, um, I hope this makes sense, but we raised our daughter, but now now we are kind of even on the back burner 
um, because she spends the last 10 years, she's basically been with her birth family um, most of the time. And so it has caused a lot of hurt feelings. And I wrote a letter to the birth family and um, just asked for prayer and asked for, told them how I felt. And, and I have, we haven't spoken to our daughter in three weeks since I sent her a copy of the letter. And it's just been a hard road. Well, it sounds very difficult, but hey, it sounds like you, you've, you've taken on some really courageous things, and I have a lot of respect for that. You know, as I said, we, we also know what it is to adopt someone, and um, I don't know if you heard that part in the show earlier. I was talking about how we also adopted through foster care, and and I know that it's not always easy, um, and so I, I just want to pray for you in that. I think you're doing good work, and I would I would continue to let the gospel be the encouragement for you and the motivator, maybe more than the encouragement, that that is mm -hmm. essentially such an amazing picture of the gospel that we get to live out and we get to experience it in a way that other people might not get to because we get to know what it means to love someone and not have that love reciprocated, to reach out in love and adopt someone into your family and, and yet sometimes be rejected. So let's go ahead and uh, pray for you. And then I've got to get to other callers before the end of the show. Thank you. So, Heavenly Father, pray for Kathy and thank you for uh, how she has taken in these kids and raised them and done so unto you. And Lord, I pray that you would give her the strength as she looks to you in this time, Lord, to continue loving, to continue giving and serving, even when uh, in response to her uh, generosity, sometimes there is... Um, there is pain that comes back in, in response. But Lord, thank you that you did that for us, that you were exceedingly patient with us. Lord, you sent your spirit to call us and to continually uh, draw us to yourself. Lord, thank you that you, you even show love and mercy and grace when we um, sometimes don't respond in the right ways. And I pray that you would help Kathy by your spirit to, to exemplify your heart towards her daughter in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you. Amen. God so bless much. you, Kathy. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Nick Cady from Longmont, Colorado, from Whitefields Community Church, taking your calls and texts. We've got five minutes left in the show. Let's see if we can do these last couple callers. Let's go to Alan in uh, Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the show. Hello. I hope you can hear me okay. Yes. Hey, we've only got a couple minutes. Um, what can I pray for you for? Well, I've had a... I've been a Christian for all my life, you know, and uh, uh, I've backslid, I've been to prison, and it's just tough. Uh, he is faithful, we are weak, mm. and I work very hard, I do concrete, I've had my, uh, my business for, oh gosh, about 30 years, doing concrete, it's just really tough. Uh, my family is really tough on them. Since I work about 70, 80 hours a week, I got into some debt trying to get out of it. It's just, uh, I just need some prayer for strength. Okay, well, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Alan, and I, I thank you for his, his uh, understanding that he needs you to be his provider. So I pray, Lord, that truly you would provide for him. I pray that as he's working, Lord, that he would see the fruit of that labor. Lord, that you would provide for all of his needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. But as he is in this place, Lord, would you give him strength? Would you give him confidence in you? And Lord, would you bring around him other people who are able to assist him and help him? 
And uh, Lord, I pray for him and for others listening who are struggling with finances and feeling very anxious. Lord, we remember your words that uh, we should look to the, the birds who are clothed and yet they don't uh, toil, and the, the grass and the, the flowers, which are beautiful, and yet they don't fret. So, Lord, help us to have that mind, knowing that sufficient for each day is its own worry. And, Lord, let us uh, seek first your kingdom. And, Lord, we ask that as we do that, you would provide for all of our needs. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's go to our final caller, Alan, in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the program. Hey, Nick. I have some elderly parents who are on their enjoying their last years together, and they are not born-again Christians. They're not Christians. They don't believe in Christ. I am a born-again Christian, and I, I'm a believer. Will they, if they never give their lives to the Lord, will I know about it? And where will they go? Do they go to hell? And am I, if I haven't left behind as a believer, will I be in suffering knowing that they're in pain? Thank you. Yeah, so my answer to that is, unfortunately, there's, there's only well, it's not unfortunate. It's the, it's it's what God's word says, and it is um, it is something that broke the heart of Jesus. You know, he looked at people and he wept. He said, "I I desired so long to bring you like a hen uh, gathers her chicks to bring you to myself, and you would not come." It broke Jesus' heart, and it should break our hearts as well. We read in Revelation that there is. Uh, he says, every tear will be wiped from your eyes. I believe that part of that reference refers to the fact that even in heaven there will be a tinge of, of um, sorrow for at least a moment in which we, we are sorrowful over those who are not with us. Um, and so I'm going to pray, and I encourage you to pray and really reach out to your parents. But the thing is that there's nothing ultimately that you can do to force it, and there's nothing that uh, sure. is just really... Uh, between them and God. And so let's ask that God opens blind eyes before it's too late. Uh, so Heavenly Father, we pray for Alan and his parents. Uh, thank you for their relationship. Obviously, they still have a relationship and there is love there. Lord, I pray for Alan and his desire that they would not only uh, know love, but that they would know you, the source of love, that they would know truth and that they would be saved. Lord, we pray for their salvation. Would you open their eyes, open their hearts to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady. I will be with you again next Monday. Until then, tune in every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. for Calvary Live. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.